This is a talk by Steve Bobbitt. He says that Alcoholic Anonymous is the benchmark program in helping people overcome addiction. Noted for his 12-step program, the basis of the program is rooted in spirituality. In this presentation, Steve, Steve Bobbitt examines some of his precepts and draws comparison to the spirituality put forth in comparison to Edgar Casey's readings. And they say they had trouble with the audio, so let's see what happens. Let's go ahead and pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Welcome, everybody, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, and of course, the dogs. How are you tonight? My name is Steve Bobbitt, and this thrill-packed episode of Edgar Cayce Young is going to deal with the spirituality of Alcoholics Anonymous. Very, very broad topic, and... We're not going to be talking about alcoholism per se. We are going to be talking about the spiritual aspects that went into building the AA program and some of the key things. Now, I am not a member of the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous organization, which in my estimation is an outstanding episode of an outstanding organization. But I have read through their book, and I read through it in such a light that it was correlating to a lot of the things that Casey said. So I'm going to talk about these topics, these certain aspects of the book, and tie them into what Casey says about these topics. The important thing to remember about this is that we're dealing with addiction, per se. This is not a topic on alcohol or alcoholism. Alcoholics Anonymous did an outstanding job in putting forth the, their program to deal with addiction, which has been adopted by many other support groups along the same lines. Consequently, we are looking for a lot of the same areas. Now, the... Topics here are going to, as I said, deal with the spiritual aspects. Casey, for those who are uneducated about him, was a 20th century prophet. And he started up with a very, very meek and mild childhood. And one of the first things that he knew that the family was able to actually rectify with him, that he had special gifts was when he was trying to learn to spell. Now, he struggled mightily with the topic of trying to spell various words, and his dad would work with him to try to, to get a grasp on it. And it would be, okay, son, read, spell this word, spell that word. And he just couldn't get the hang of it. And after one particularly frustrating episode, he called the timeout and said, you know, I just want to lay down for a minute take a break here. So when he did, he took his book and he put it under his pillow and he laid down and then a few minutes later he awoke and a very interesting thing happened. Not only could he spell every word in that book, but he could also tell you what page it was on. And it just astounded his father and it astounded him because, my gosh, where did this come from? How do I get this? Fast forward through his life, Casey was always a very loving and charitable person, and he always wanted to help people. And 
along the lines, when he started to get into his later teen, early 20s, he lost his voice. And nobody in the modern medicine world could help him try to get his voice back. They tried many, many things, but nothing would work. Finally, they resorted to hypnosis. And it was through this guided suggestion that was given to Casey that he was able to not only talk clearly while he was under hypnosis, but he was also able to self-diagnose. And he told them what suggestion his body needed to hear, and they gave it to him. And then he said, okay, give the body this suggestion to come back out. And when he did, when he woke back up into his wakeful self, he just coughed one time, spit up a little bit of blood, and his voice was restored. He had absolutely no idea how, to, how it happened. He had absolutely no recollection of the conversations that happened when he was in his trance state. And it was just a very phenomenal thing. And it, it scared him. It really did because, my gosh, I mean, this is not normal. Well, fast forward, and his family started to have health issues. His wife was on her deathbed at one point, and the doctor came up to Casey and said, I don't know what it is that you do, young man, but you better do it now, because that's all that's left. Reluctantly, he went into a trance, found out what he was able to do, diagnosed her body in the trance state, spoke very eloquently of what needed to be done, they did it, and she survived. This is totally amazing because Casey, Casey didn't have more than an eighth grade education. He was very, very, basically be considered illiterate for the times. But again, now we're talking about the turn of the century from you know, the 1800s into the 1900s, and it just really amazed a lot of people. A few years later, he was doing a Photoshop. You know, he liked photography. And his son was in there playing with the chemicals, and he created a flash. And what happened, it burned his eyes to such an extent that he lost sight in one eye. And again, modern medicine didn't know what to do with it. His son was Hugh Lynn Casey, and Hugh Lynn had the belief that when he was in his sleeping state that his daddy was the best doctor in the world. And again, Casey reluctantly went into a trance, diagnosed Hugh Lynn's eyesight, got the remedy, lo and behold, his eyesight was restored. This went on and on and on for many, many years. It came to the point where Casey became known as the father of holistic medicine. It was the moniker that they were giving him. Now, by his own account, Casey gave over 35,000 readings. However, only about 14,000 have been recorded because a lot of this was unrecorded stuff because they didn't know what they had here. Once they did, then a stenographer was, had, uh, was hired and started to take very copious notes. But that's how it went on, and it's, uh, it's, it's fabulous. And then it started to go in into other areas of past lives. It went into ancient times, and it got into the spirituality aspects. And... That's kind of where, where all this started. And to be honest with you, this presentation actually started from one of the programs that he did, which was a, the Search for God readings, because we were sitting right here one Thursday afternoon yapping, and 
somehow the topic of alcohol or an alcoholic anonymous came up and said, you know, that might be an interesting topic, and that's where actually I got this from. So that's where we're at with that. But this is the quick down and dirty on who Casey was. Now, standard disclaimer. This is my interpretation, mine. I am not looking at anything other than I read the Alcoholic Anonymous book, which I use direct quotes from, and I use quotes from the Casey readings as well to put together. Consequently, you have full reign to go in and accept or reject anything that I say. But you are encouraged, as always, to do your own research and find your own interpretations. What we're about to have here are my interpretations. Now, the way I worked this thing up is that I took direct quotes from the Alcoholics Anonymous book. And what I did in here, what, they are annotated at such at the bottom, and it gives you the page number as well as the chapter name. And this will enable anybody who is seeking to research this or go back in and try to make uh, heads or tails out of what I'm talking, at least they'll know where to go. On here, in the opening pages, in the section titled The Doctor's Opinion, we believe, and so suggested a few years ago, that the action of alcohol on these chronic, on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy. When I read that, I said, wow, I remember Casey talking about allergies. And I found it quite interesting that here in the late 30s, they're also referring to alcoholism potentially as a result of an allergy. So I went in to see what Casey said. And in here, you'll notice at the bottom, the number 3172-2, this, much like the Alcoholics Anonymous program, is set up to preserve anonymity. 3172 is an individual who had a reading. The dash two indicates that this is the second reading for the entity known as 3172. Question posed to Casey. Is there such a thing as an allergy? Casey's answer. To be sure, individuals may become allergic to certain conditions because of excess of certain elements in the body. What's the old adage we are always told? Everything in moderation? Well, this seems to underscore that notion because what Casey says is what we have more of a product or anything in our bodies, then there's going to be an overload condition set and it's going to adversely affect us. Hence, what we are talking about is potentially what's termed an allergy by virtue of having more than what we need in our bodies. In another reading, 2533-6, the question posed to Casey, is the moderate use of alcohol and tobacco harmful to this body? Answer, the body must answer that within itself. 
To be sure, if we would give from the ideal, these are made to extract from you the satisfying of appetites. The body can produce all the alcohol necessary as well as the nicotine. Both are needed in the body. If you get it in the mind and spirit that it may be supplied or can be supplied from other sources to satisfy social or other relationships, then the body pays the price. I found that to be quite amazing. Two words in here that jumped out at me initially was the answer to within itself, the body must answer to within itself, and the ideal. Both of these are going to be recurring themes throughout this presentation. I'm not a medical doctor in any way, shape, or form, so I did the online internet search, and if it's on the internet, it must be true, as we all know. So what I did find is that the body does, in fact, produce alcohol. Medical science agrees that the body, in fact, pulls alcohol. They said that the body does not produce nicotine, but it does have receptors that cause the effects of it. Now, the reason I bring this up is because in a lot of ways, Casey was ahead of his time. Case in point has to do with epilepsy. People in you know, the medical mindset is that epilepsy has to do with things of the brain. There is something going on upstairs that causes the body to have these type of adverse reactions. Casey said, no, in some cases of epilepsy, that is not true. The problem is in the gut. And that was it. That's all he said. Fast forward 85 years, the, a Casey study group in Florida went into this, and they started to research this in greater and greater detail. And they put in a lot of time, effort, and money to set forth this study. And they formed what was called the Cold Spot Group. And very interesting, like many new ideas that you're trying to bring to the scientific community, more times than not, you get the door slammed in your face. This is the same thing that happened to them. However, they were able to make some inroads at the University of Miami. And they put forth a study in which they funded, and it came out that when they were doing um, body scans, that the left side of the abdomen in epileptics is colder than the right side. And it was just astounding to them that we have two different temperature ranges within the same body in and around the same area. Consequently, instead of slamming the door, the door got opened. And now there is studies underway, scientific studies about this. This finding and the research that was done by this study group is also now published in Explore magazine, which is a holistic peer-reviewed magazine that talks about these types of studies. So just because science is telling us right now that, oh no, there's no nicotine in the body, 
85 years ago, the brightest minds in medicine said epilepsy was all upstairs. They're starting to find that it may not be true. So even though Casey says that the body you know, has all the alcohol and nicotine it means, but they can't find it, remember, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Hold that thought. Another question. Are the use of tobacco and alcohol harmful to my physical condition? Now, this was posed a year after the previous question. Case responded, what is your ideal? Would you prepare these for that you would worship your maker? If you would, use them. If you wouldn't, they are harmful. Now, how many of us would sit there and, you know, if we're sitting at the table with Jesus, offer him four fingers, a crown, and a camel? You know, it probably wouldn't happen. We would say, well, oh, my God, you know, we'd be in such awe that, you know, hey, we wouldn't even go there. This is telling us intuitively that we probably... Father God, we thank you for today's reading, October the 2nd, 2000-something... We love you, we praise you, we acknowledge you as our Lord and Savior. We thank you, Lord God, for all the love, all the greatness, all the goodness you give us. Thank you for filling our hearts with over, with bringing love, Lord, for our salvation, for our food, for resources, for our health, Lord, just for everything, all the peace, and especially your word, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over our writing, the Word of God. We plead the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the wonderful water, the water that saves and baptizes Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, for the Word, the creative Word, Lord. We thank you for the Scriptures, Lord, that saves our souls, Lord. We love, glorify your name. as Be with us as we do our reading today, Lord. In the name of your Son, Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. 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 Is it on the big screen? Or... Okay. Isaiah 66, 1 through 24. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Could you build me such a resting place? My hands have made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my word. Wow. But those who choose their own ways, delight in their detestable sins, will not have their offerings accepted. When such people sacrifice a bull, it is no more acceptable than a human sacrifice. When they sacrifice a lamb, it is though they had sacrificed a dog. When they bring an offering of grain, they might as well offer it the blood of a pig. When they burn frankincense, it is as if they had blessed an idol. I will send them great trouble, all the things they fear. For when I call, they did not answer. When I spoke, they did not listen. They deliberately sinned before my very eyes and chose to do what they know I despise. Hear this message from the Lord, all you who tremble at his word. Your own people hate you and throw you out for being loyal to my name. Let the Lord be honored. They scoff, be joyful in him, but they will be put to shame. What is all the commotion in the city? 
What is that terrible noise from the temple? It is the voice of the Lord taking vengeance against his enemies. Before the birth pains even begin, Jerusalem gives birth to a son. Who has ever seen anything as strange as this? Who ever heard of such a thing? Has a nation ever been born in a single day? Has a country ever come forth in a mere moment? But by the time Jerusalem's birth pains begin, her children will be born. Would I ever bring this nation to the point of birth and then not deliver it? Ask the Lord, no, I would never keep this nation from being born, says your God. Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad with her and all you who love her and all you who mourn for her. Drink deeply of her glory, even as the infant drinks of its mother's comforting breast. This is what the Lord says, I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. Her children will be nursed at her breast, carried in her arms, and held at her lap. I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. When you see these things, your heart will rejoice. You will flourish like the grass. Everyone sees the Lord's hand of blessing on his servants and his anger against his enemies. See, the Lord is coming with fire and his swift chariots roar like a whirlwind. He will bring punishment with the fury of the anger and the flaming fire of his hot rebuke. The Lord will punish the world by fire and by his sword. He will judge the earth and many will be killed by him. Those who concentrate and purify themselves in consecrate. a sacred consecrate and purify themselves in a sacred garden with its idol in the center feasting on pork and rats and other detestable meats will come to a terrible end, says the Lord. I can see what they are doing and I know what they are thinking, so I will gather all nations and peoples together and they will see my glory. I will perform a sign among them, and I will send those who survive to be messengers to the nations of Tarish, Tarshish, to the Libyans and the Lydians, who are famous as archers, to Tubal and Greece, and to all the lands beyond the sea that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. There they will declare my glory to the nations. They will bring the remnant of your people back from every nation. They will bring them to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord. They will ride on horses and chariots and wagons and on mules and camels, says the Lord, and I will appoint some of them to be my priests and Levites. I, the Lord, have spoken. As surely as my new heavens and earth will remain, so will you always be my people with a name that will never disappear, says the Lord. All humanity will come to worship me from week to week and from month to month. And as they go out, they will see the dead bodies of those who have reveled against me. For the worms that devour them will never die, and the fire that burns them will never go out. All who pass by will view them with utter terror. Amen. What did you get out of this, honey? Amen. Um. Well, it's awesome that he says that um, 
Well, it's a very important thing up here. It's for us today. Uh, I will bless those who who have humble and contrite hearts. Beautiful. Okay, who tremble at my word. Beautiful. So, sometimes, you know, and I know I've had to work on this, is, you know, go ahead, humble yourself. Okay, surrender. You made a mistake. You know, I used to be a lot harder than that, than you see me now. But um, that was probably one of my biggest character defects, is that I didn't know how to say sorry, or, you know, yeah, I was wrong, or whatever. But now I can. I can see my shortfalls, shortcomings, or whatever. And, um, you know, it's just not taking offense to what people do to you. That's, that's a big, big thing. Hey, no worries, you know. Um, and, and just be, being repentant in the right times that the Lord says, hey, look, you know, that's not right. And I can, I can, I can listen to the Lord more clearly now as I grow. So that's good. But I like, but it says right here, but those who choose their own ways delighting in their detestable sins will not have the offerings accepted you know you'll be on your own i mean that's fine god will allow you to go and make those decisions or you know be dependent on an addiction or whatever he's not gonna you know it's your choice but um it's important to be under the covering of the lord all the time for protection for provision for his love, you know, because at the end of the day, this earth can go away, but we have all we have is the Lord's love for us and our eternal life um, that we have. So I thought that was a real good point. Okay, on the Amplified verse, 66 verse 2, it says, it says, uh, for all these things my hand has made, saith the Lord, and so all these things have come into being by me and for me for me okay point blank says the lord but this is the human but says the lord but this is the man to whom i will look and have regard he who is humble and of a broken broken or wounded spirit mm. so when you get offended and your feelings get hurt what does that mean you're it broken means it, mean, it means that you don't respond with resentment. You respond, you know, you say, I thank you, God, my heart hurts. I thank you that I can feel it. I can, you know, nonsense leaves your heart when you're, you yeah. say, what was my part? Because yeah, God can work with a broken spirit, you know, he can. A broken and wounded spirit. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? A broken and wounded spirit, yeah. it, it dispels, it dispels yeah. what? Pride, arrogancy, ego, self-sufficiency. Self-pity. It, it may create more self-pity if you think about it. Uh, broken, wounded spirit. And who tremble at my word and revere my commandments. And the NIV says, Has not my hand made all these things, and so they come into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word. Amen. What else you get, Larry? Yeah, just how much he loves Israel and, and how, you know, I think yeah, it says, rejoice with is, uh, well, it talks about, um, by, by the time the Jerusalem's birth pains begin, her children will be born. 
would I ever bring this nation to the point of birth and then not deliver it, asked the Lord? No, I would never keep this nation from being born, says your God. It says, Rejoice with Jerusalem, be glad with her, all you who love her, and all you who mourn for her. Drink deeply of her glory, even as the infant drinks at her mother's comforting breast. This is what the Lord says, I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. This is what we're going to see in our time. You know, um, so we're going to see the blessing over them. They're just going to have peace there. You know, just another another mention of how much he he's going to what he's going to do for Israel. Um, the other thing I kind of the last thing that I was going to mention is um, if you go to number twenty two. It says, as surely as my new heavens and earth will remain, okay, my new heavens and earth will remain, so will you always be my people, okay, that's our covenant, we'll always, he'll always be our God, we'll always be his people, it says, now, this is the part that I picked up, with a name that will never disappear, says the Lord, mm -hmm. with a name that will never disappear, What do you think that means? You're always well, going to be my people. He's like air. He's always here with us, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. I like what over here, um, where it says in the verse 10, Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad with her, all you who love her, mm -hmm. all you who mourn for her. So mm -hmm. we have to rejoice. It's really easy to thank God and rejoice with Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Drink deeply of her glory. Look at how many people she beat up. And even as an infant drinks of his mother's comforting breast. This is what the Lord said. I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. Her children will be nursed at her breast, carried in her arms, and held in her laps. I will comfort you there there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. When you see these things, your heart will rejoice, you will flourish, you will flourish like the grass. Everyone will see the Lord's hand of blessing on his servants and his anger against his enemies. Amen. So you know it's just it's a river of flowing blessings coming from the throne of heaven for us. As we pray for Jerusalem, we bless Amen, Jerusalem, yes. we rejoice in Jerusalem. We thank you, Lord God, for your written word, and we thank you that it's taking place, Lord. And you allow us to be partakers, Lord, of our inheritance as Israelites in Jerusalem, Lord. We just thank you, and we receive all the benefits, all the glory, and all the power out of your word, Lord. Thank you for all the gold and all the silver we ever need to do your bidding. Amen and amen. Amen. Good. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to read Philippians 3, chapter 5, verse 21. I, Paul, was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there was one. I was a member of the Pharisee who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harsh, harshly persecuted the church and as for righteousness, I obey the law without fault. Hmm. 
I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all garbage so that I could gain Christ. And become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have no not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritual mature agree on these things. If you disagree at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we eagerly wait for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His, using the same power in which He will bring everything under His control. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Amen. And the reading for today is I, Paul. Today's reading says, Paul was taking a stand against Jewish Christians who believed that all Christians had to continue obeying the Jewish law. Paul had impressive credentials, upbringing, national, family, background, inheritance, orthodoxy, activity, and morality. It could appear that Paul was boasting about his achievements but he was actually doing the opposite, showing that human achievements, no matter how impressive, cannot earn a person's salvation and eternal life with God. His faith in Christ wasn't based on what he had done or what he was, but on God's grace. After showing that he could beat the Judaizers at their own game, Paul showed that it was the wrong message, wrong game. After Paul considered everything, he was accomplished in his life, he decided to write it all off as worthless when compared with the greatness of knowing Christ. 
Are you depending on a Christian heritage, a church affiliation, or just being good to make you right with God? Credentials, accomplishments, or reputation cannot earn one's salvation. Be careful to considering past achievements so important that they set get in the way of your relationship with Christ. We should value our relationship with Christ as more important than anything else. Salvation comes only through faith in Christ. Amen. And for this, I like the last part on verse 20 where it says, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. So we live as Jesus is, we live. Does Jesus have sickness and disease? No. Does Jesus have poverty and loneliness? No. Does Jesus have uh, ignorance and lack of drive? No. Jesus is Lord. And he has taken our weak mortal bodies and changed them into his glorious body like his own. And he has given us that power which he will bring everything under his control. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for people like Paul and his writings. Amen. And now, praying the song. Pray for God to remember his promises to his people. Praise him for bringing his salvation to the earth. Psalm 74, 1-23 O God, why have you rejected us so long? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? Remember the, what, that we are the people you chose long ago. And remember Jerusalem, your home here on earth. Walk through the awful ruins of the city and see how the enemy has destroyed your sanctuary. There your enemies shout their victorious battle cries that they set up their battle standards. They swung their axes, their woodcutters in a forest with axes and picks. They smashed the carved paneling. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled the place that bears your name. Then they thought, let's destroy everything. So they burned down all the places where God was worshipped. We no longer see your miracle signs. All the prophets are gone. And no one can tell us when it will end. How long, O oh God, will you allow your enemies to insult you? Will you let them dishonor your name forever? How did you hold back your strong right hand, unleash the powerful fists, and destroy them? You, O oh God, are my king from ages past, bringing salvation to the earth. You split the sea by your strength and smash the heads of the sea monsters. You crush the heads of the Leviathan and let the desert animals eat him. You cause them little springs to astonish. You, streams, you cause the springs and streams to gush forth and you dried up the rivers that never run dry. Both day and night belong to you. You made the starlight and the sun. You set the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. See how these enemies trust your love. See how these enemies insult you, O Lord, and foolish nation has dishonored your name. Don't let these wild beasts destroy you, your turtle doves. Don't forget your suffering people forever. Remember your covenant promises, for the land is full of darkness and violence. Don't let, downtrod, don't let the downtrodden be humiliated again. Instead, let the people and the needy praise your name. 
Arise, O God, and defend them your cause. Remember how the, these fools insulted you. All day long, don't overlook what your enemies have said or the growing uproar. Amen. Proverbs 24, 15 to 16. Don't wait in ambush at the house of the godly, and don't raid the house where the godly live. The godly may trip seven times, but they will rise again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Amen.